Don't Look Back with Kaz Tran. This is a podcast where I talk to musicians, artists and more about the song that changed everything. Today's guest is a woman whom, for many of us, made a bright and instant impact in our lives with songs like this. You get the love for your birthday, baby. Open your eyes and say yes, no, maybe. Angie Hart had this energy and confidence. Frankly, she was a hugely refreshing female presence amongst all the heavy 90s guitars of the day. But behind that warm smile and spark in her eyes, she was battling a lot of nagging self-doubt. I probably didn't recognise them as much. You know, as you get older, you, it comes to the fore and it's a familiar voice and then you start to really know that it is just a voice and, um, and, and start to, yeah, give it, give it an identity outside of yourself. Was it a cautionary kind of voice? Sort yeah, of thing? Oh, it was quite, you know, I think a lot of people have this horrible, you know, thing that holds them back and it was one of those kinds of, well, it's, it's still there. It's just that I'm not giving it so much purchase these days. But, yes, a voice that was telling me that I couldn't do these things or that, yeah, not for me or, you know, nobody will believe you or all that kind of, yeah, just a lot of self-doubt. Yeah. yeah. Someone told me... I've, I've done a lot of therapy in my life, but I uh, had some really great advice at one stage, which was not therapy, where someone told me to, when you have these, like it's great for stage fright, for instance, but also for these kinds of thoughts that are so unwelcome, um, to say, come on in and give it a, put your, open up your arms and say, come on in. It's almost a dare and, and you embrace it and say, welcome, welcome nerves, welcome stage fright, welcome, you know, loathsome thoughts, whatever. I'm, I'm going to give you a big hug. And it just... The whole thing loses its power so quickly. Wow, yeah. that must have been quite mind-blowing, isn't it? For Well, you're a performer. It's good, Do you yeah. still have stage fright and things like that? I do. I don't think it ever goes away. And Like, like all these things, you, you, people say, how did you get rid of this or how did you cure it? It's like none of these things ever go away. You just you give them different degrees of power, I think. And stage fright I suffered from quite heavily for a long time in my career. And yeah. I finally, I, I'm on the better end of it now. I'm like... I'm I'm the boss, <laughs> so when it when it comes, I invite it in and give it a hug. But I'm not afraid of it now. It, it it turns up and I go, there you are. I see you. After Frente, her solo career delivered songs of a more intimate nature, detailed portraits of relationships and emotional spaces. You're a cold hard killer. There's no magic I can see. As an artist, whether it's as a 90s pop icon or as a writer, either singing or speaking about the highs and lows of her experiences, Angie is unafraid to lay herself bare. I asked her whether what she chooses to project of herself as an artist can be a difficult confinement to break out of. In your craft, that's right. You've got so many facets and um, there are parts of myself that I still don't really understand and I don't write about very much like my my sexuality my sex life is not a big thing that I write about it's not something I'm confident about and I see other artists doing that and and embracing it and and being able to express it so well and that's just not who I am and 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 obviously you know like most people in the world I do have a sex life and um, that's a, a facet of of me that people you know not that I need people to know about it but it's it's an interesting thing like I, I'm a sensual sexual human being I'm a functioning adult and um, that doesn't factor at all like I think I'm still cute Angie from Frente sometimes. There, there definitely are these, you know, a bit cartoony kind of ideas about what it is that you do when you're out in the public eye.
Angie's also working on her memoir in which she makes some startling revelations. I snubbed Carol King and that's just <laughs> the worst. But more on that later. On Don't Look Back, we ask our guests to share a song that's been a pivotal influence in their lives. What is that one song for Angie Hart? I wrote down notes because there are so many songs. Like that's It's such a tough question when somebody says, have you got one? What is your one favourite song? And I remember early on being introduced to Talking Heads. Laurie Anderson and thinking that that expanded my mind about America. When I was in my early teens, because I thought America was this, it was, at that stage, I think it was quite right-wing kind of nuclear type. Like, Reagan. Yeah, it was, Reagan it was that, that time and, and, and growing up with Ricky Lee Jones. Then Joni Mitchell and um, later on hearing the Sugar Cubes. Um, and even later, PJ Harvey. It was very hard to choose from all of these. And I had a picture in my head of a particular time in my life. This song comes and goes. Um, and it's by Nana Cherry and it's called Buffalo Stance. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce the hi-hat. Go on. Mm, that's good. Now the tambourine. Right now. I guess that was pivotal for me for a lot of reasons. Um, there was the imagery and, and the sound, the, the writing and the, the whole, well, the stance that went with it. Yeah. Um, can you tell us about the time when you, you heard it? Was it kind of a, a sonic uh, surprise and, and shock to you that, that drew you in? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it was also in an age of music television. I think that that was still pretty new in my life. So there was a whole package that came with it. And I don't remember the first time I heard it. I just remember it being such an opening in my life about an attitude and about um, I was really into hip hop at that time. I was very much a, a big hip hop fan, which was very male dominated and and I'm not a hip-hop artist and I'm a melodic being and I write about my feelings and that's it's what I do. And um, I feel like Nana Cherry kind of straddled those worlds because she was very personal and, and political and definitely a hip-hop artist at the same time and she had this great swagger. At that time for myself, I didn't really know how to shape my, my what was going on inside and how to shape that on the outside. I was, a, like we were talking about, afraid of certain aspects of myself and also wanting to protect certain aspects of myself. So I spent a lot of time dressing as a boy. I really needed that kind of suit of armour and I feel like getting exposed to somebody like Nana Cherry who put it all out there and it was she was protected and she was tough and she was also soft and vulnerable she had the whole thing going on um in a way that was to me untouchable um but also still really accessible i don't know that she had everything um still does
On more than one occasion, Angie got the chance to meet her hero. But things just weren't meant to be. I did a recording, our second Frente album, we recorded in Spain with her partner, um, Cameron McVeigh. And um, so she came in and out of the studio and I... I, I actually trying. I'm trying to write my memoir at the moment, and I've, one of my chapters is about snubbing people. Which basically, if I really, really admire someone, I will not talk to them under any circumstances um, because that <laughs> could be just the worst possible thing in the world. So the next worst possible thing in the world is to completely ignore them, which I did to Nana Cherry, which is, <laughs> um, I, you know, talking about things you wish you could have back in your life. I would love to have all those moments that we were in a room together and mm. actually have a proper conversation with her. I can't believe that. <laughs> yeah. My, my biggest one was Carol King. I snubbed Carol King and that's just <laughs> the worst. So far away, doesn't anybody stay in one place Yeah. I, I only dare whisper her name. <laughs> oh my god. When did you come across like were you in a shared studio space with her or just down? I did oh. a show with this guy that I was doing some co-writing with. His name is Jules Shear and he's written some amazing songs. He wrote um the Bengals song If She Knew What She Wanted oh. and um the Cindy Lauper song All Through the Night. Yeah, beautiful stuff that he writes and he and I um, did some writing together and we ended up doing a Writers in the Round in New York. Simon Austin and I did some Frente songs together and he played some of his songs and Carol King's a friend of his. She was in the audience, which thank God I didn't know until after the show, but then she came backstage and um, I just stared at the carpet for the entire time because <laughs> I'm cool. <laughs> So Buffalo Stance yeah. is a particular line from that, you know, that, that sort of strikes you as a songwriter, you know, loves their words, woman who loves loves her words. Um, I, I'm a woman who also has been very um, staunch about my accent in songs and I feel like Nana Cherry has, um, you know, she has a few different heritage lines running through her blood and I really... We're also particular about whether people keep their accent or not, and what they're whether they're true to themselves. And I feel like she's very slippery about her accent, and I really like that because um, oh. it's it's different. And like it's very hard to do that in an authentic manner. Mm. I know authentic is a terrible word; people have been overusing that word. But I don't know what other word to use besides it. It sounds very true to me when she plays around with her different the different places she's lived she's she's you know been she lived in Sweden she's lived in the UK she's um been in the US and, and she has all of those all of those different accents that she has in her songs they, they are all stances and I think she definitely postures and I really I like that you don't to see a lot of that in female artists that posturing I think it's it's once again quite tough um which yeah she does so well
there is a toughness, as you say, and uh, still a femininity about mm. her, but a real strength in her identity of, of who she is. And, mm. you know, she's probably one of the first artists that I recall seeing who wasn't white, <laughs> you know, yeah. who was doing it on her own terms, mm. you know, yeah. and unashamed of, you know, just presenting herself as she was. That's right. Many things like doing, um, I think it was Manchild, the video for Manchild, she was pregnant um, in that video oh, yeah. and um in her f- the photo shoot for buffalo stance um she i could see her body hair in the in the photo and i as a young i think i was about i don't know maybe 13 that meant so much to me i, I just thought it looked so sexy and so right and um seeing that in a picture um was, you know, it's so freeing for a young girl to see that. Yeah. Yeah. So listening to that song now, the you know, where you are now in our mid forties. Yeah. What does it what does it do for you? Oh, it just makes know? me want to dance and you know, it's just such an uplifting song and I I still don't completely understand what it's all about and they're some of the best songs when you can't when you can't say exactly what it's about. It's um it's a world that, you know, is very foreign to me. Um but but it really moves me and all makes me want to makes me want to get up and posture and do some you know dancing that I'm not very good at sound in my ears water for my eyes and you my mind as i sing diving down deep deeper into your soul Angie Hart giving us an even deeper context to enjoy a song that was hugely important to her don't Look Back is back for 2017 and produced by me, Kaz Tran. Can I just suggest you give yourself one less thing to do this year by signing up for the podcast? That way you'll be across all the great chats I've got in store for you and you won't miss a thing. And by the way, if today's episode has raised some issues for you, support is available from Beyond Blue. one 4636 and through Lifeline on one one four. There's more music from your past, present and future too at doublej.net.au. Next week on Don't Look Back, blues musical shaman, Ash Grunwald. So you have the synth going with the low and you've got the horns doing like the big and then get a really good singer to be like it's just like this wall of sound that you can just sort of swim around in. Like you feel like you could go out. There's enough sound that you could float out into the audience and be doing like sort of breaststroke in the sound waves. <laughs> For more songs that changed it all, subscribe now to Double J's Don't Look Back podcast.